I can't stop talking about the radical acts of joy and pleasure. I'm Brad Rose from Fox Digitalis, and welcome to another edition of the Seltzer Salon. I'm so, so excited today to talk to Olive Artizoni of Greenhouse. And uh, we, we talk a lot about those things, the radical acts of joy and pleasure, uh, because it is a major theme of their new album, A Host for All Kinds of Life, which... I've been a really big fan of Greenhouse since I first heard, I think the first thing I heard was six songs for Invisible Gardens and everything about it just, it just hit me in the right way. It kind of like spoke to me and I connected with it and I, I've just really loved the project and the music that they are making ever since. And it, it keeps evolving and growing in this new record, uh, a host for all kinds of life, which it comes out on October 13th on leaving records. It is, um, for a project and for a person who has made some really amazing and just beautiful and wonderful sounds, this one, for me, it goes to another level. And um, when I read the liner notes on the Bandcamp page, I, I read that before I even heard any of the music. And it just, it, I, it spoke to me. I mean, it was, uh, it was all, it was a really wonderful sort of reflection and take on a lot of things that I've been thinking about a lot and talking about on here. And it, it just, yeah, I was like, Oh man, like this, these ideas plus, you know, the kind of music that I know Olive makes and on this record, you know, greenhouse is duo, it's Olive Artizoni and Michael Flanagan, but the music that they make, I, it was just, I couldn't wait to listen to it. And so I, I finally heard it. It was everything and more. And I, I can't stop listening to it, but I knew I needed to talk to Olive about it. And so that is where we are at. So again, it is out this Friday, October 13th. And I can't recommend it enough. It is one of my favorite records so far of 2023. We recorded this conversation on Zoom a couple of weeks ago and I had a really wonderful time and I hope you all enjoy it. My guest today is Olive Artizoni, whose new album as Greenhouse, which Greenhouse is a duo now, correct? Correct. Yes. Me and Michael okay. Flanagan. Awesome. Okay. So their new album is uh, A Host for All Kinds of Life, and it comes out on October 13th. How is everything going today? <laughs> Everything's going great today. <laughs> awesome. Good. Yeah. Glad how are you it. today? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good. The weather has finally kind of changed. It's in the 70s today, which hasn't been the case in since mid-May. So I'm feeling very relieved. <laughs> yeah, it's still pretty hot here today. Yeah, well, I hope we'll you get all, there. Uh, yeah, it's. I'm just. It was 100 again last week, all week, and I'm just. Uh, I mean, that's it's the world we kind of live in now, but. Mm -hmm. we'll, get into that. we'll get into that. I think we will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, since you mentioned Michael, let me just ask real quick, like how Michael became a full-time member and kind of how that's, you know, changed or helped the 
like changed the sound or built out the sound or I don't know. I'm just yeah. curious how that all happened. So um, Michael was kind of there from the beginning, really. I started this project um, with the EP, Six Songs for Invisible Gardens. And mm -hmm. um, that was my first experience using Ableton and trying to use <laughs> synths and technology. And mm -hmm. Michael um, Michael has a, a rich background in that. So um, I was really learning a lot from him and asking for a lot of help. And then even also just um, Michael's background is that he went to school for audio engineering, but he's also um, a jazz guitarist. Oh. So he was also really helpful of being like, hey, like there are other scales besides CNF major, <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. So he yeah. just kind of was like helping me, supporting me a little bit here and there. And then, um, yeah, it just, it ended up just progressing into um, us like fully writing together for the current stuff. It just, yeah, it happened kind of organically and made sense, not just because I asked for his help, but because we have like um, just very, very similar tastes and style and we work really mm. well together. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. Well, to get into the new stuff and the new album, I guess I, I was kind of going to start with, so I really, I really like the album title. It's really, it's really evocative. And thank you. Um, I'm curious for you, like how that it reflects the themes of the album or kind of captures the spirit of the album. Yeah, I think with this album, um, it was more of a progression into um, a more macrocosmic concept. Mm -hmm. Because Six Songs for Invisible Gardens kind of, um, that was the beginning of, of my journey, this concept of me um, trying to engage with plant life a little bit more um, in the city here in LA and then also in my home with houseplants. Um, and so it was just, yeah, this very simple little concept, the beginnings mm -hmm. of something. Music for Living Spaces, um, that kind of progressed into more thinking about the concept that we are nature and our environments are really important um, and that we tend to live in, in very hostile environments that are counterintuitive to humanity um <laughs> and then, yeah and then you know the concept of music is wallpaper music to enhance your environment um music that didn't necessarily need to be engaged with and so i feel like the natural progression from there um a host for all kinds of life was um more just touching on the interconnectedness of all beings and the symbiotic relationships mm. um that we experience with non-human life um, on this planet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, kind of more generally, like how has music become this way for you to like, to connect with nature because, and you know, and the world around you, because obviously there's, there's plenty of ways that you can do that, but I always find yeah. it interesting how people use music to do that. Cause it's something that's very important to me too. So I love to hear others sort of stories or takes on that. Yeah, well, um, there's basic aspects to it and com more complex aspects to it, I guess. Um, I'll start with the basic is that okay. uh, is is nature sounds, right? Because right. yeah. <laughs> I like to <laughs> incorporate, incorporate um, nature sounds into my songs um, because actually I think a lot of people probably relate to this. Sometimes music can be overstimulating. Um, mm -hmm. 
there's, there's I listen to to so much music and so many different genres and kinds of music and sometimes I find that like I do want noise on or sound on in the background but like everything just feels too much so I'll just yeah. pop on some like nature some field recordings mm-hmm. and that like does it there's something about these like all over the place natural rhythms that birds and insects make um Mm -hmm. that just immediately like drops you into like feeling kind of soothed um and yeah in like a subconscious way even um as opposed to like music that's written and recorded with like a very specific rhythm or, or pattern is is kind of something that um you would more consciously engage with right so i guess yeah i was kind of playing on that that idea. Um, and I was very inspired by, um, Japanese environmental music, mm-hmm. like Harumi Hosono and Hiroshi Yoshimura and stuff like that. Um, and just in ambient music in general as is, is a very like open-ended freeform type of style. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminded me of that feeling that you get when you just listen to pure nature sounds. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I think, you know, just in general, I'm a sound oriented person. That's kind of just, um, the main art form that I tend to gravitate towards. So when I was thinking about these ideas about really engaging more with, with plants in my life or um, with, with nature and um, engaging with my positioning within that and in the big city. um, (laughs) Yeah. It was just natural that I would, I would think about sound um, and, um, even just sound in terms of the urban environments that we live in and, and noise pollution and things like that. Right. Yeah. The, the, it's, I, I feel that very deeply. I, th- I think about, so, uh, well, <laughs> this all kind of ties together into the next part here, but I think one of the things I've been thinking about a lot, cause I'm working on a sound installation on it is the, oh, cool. <laughs> with climate change and, you know, we, the thing that, gets thought about and talked about a lot is how, and and I understand why, like how it's affecting like the actual landscape and how the climate and the temperature and all these things, but the sonic landscape is being drastically changed too. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard this thing, I think I heard on NPR or something a couple years ago and they were talking about, there was somebody they were talking to who had been recording the same forest for like every year for 20 years or something. And they talk about how much, how different it sounds now and how much quieter it is because of species loss. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And it just kind of blew my mind thinking about, yeah, like all these other terrible things are happening, but like, what if you go outside and you don't hear birds? Yeah. Or like, what if, um, yeah. and so <laughs> one of I, I, leading, connecting to your record is, can you first kind of explain a little bit what solastalgia is? Cause I hadn't heard that word before I got until I got this record and it's something that really kind of yeah. hit me. Same, honestly. Um, <laughs> cause I hadn't heard that word either. And I had, um, a good long discussion with, um, the bio writer, um, mm. Emmett Shoemaker, I think is his last name for this release. And, um, He's such a great writer and and he's the one who brought that word forth. <laughs> and then I looked it up. Um yeah. and and yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but um <laughs> it it basically like describes this this feeling, um, this intangible feeling of of climate anxiety that a lot of us are experiencing. Um, mm-hmm. which I think is really important right now. Um 
because it's even, you know, like the, I've seen um, therapists talking about this right. right now. They're like, yeah, we can, it's, we're having a hard time with our clients because we can give you <laughs> coping mechanisms, but like, these aren't things where there's like a solution oriented, like right. self-help sort right. of um, <laughs> guideline that we can give you in order to overcome yeah. this. Um, so it's like the anxiety that, that is, is present in us um, because we're experiencing like rapidly changing environments and declines. In, um, and l- like you said, like we're, that we're facing a very real like reality that um, we could hear less bird sounds. Like that's, yeah. that's a heavy, like that's something, that's a heavy thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, I feel like it wasn't necessarily my like um, conscious intention from the beginning with this project to um, provide anyone with something soothing. Mm-hmm. I would my intention was just that I was inspired to provide myself with <laughs> something right. soothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I love that. Yeah, it's it's gotten into the, the macrocosmic interconnectedness kind of vibe as I've progressed, because through throughout all of this, I've, I've learned that um, there's a lot of people that universally connect with what I'm originally yeah. was producing for my own brain. So, yeah, that's one of the things I, I mean, I, I love about music in general, but I feel like music like this for me anyway, is it becomes this sort of point of shared experience and connection in really unexpected ways. Yeah. Um, especially like, yeah, like you make something for yourself to do. And then you have these other people who are like, Oh my gosh, this really affected me. And then there's this, like for me as somebody who also makes music, that's the most meaningful thing. Like, Oh, absolutely. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, great reviews, whatever. But if some random person is like, this really affected me in this way, it's just like, that's it like <laughs> yeah absolutely um my my favorite things that anybody's ever said to me are um that they gave birth to my music oh man yeah <laughs> and then um i've had um a couple people say that they also death dueled to my oh music. wow yeah there's <laughs> <That's like> huge <laughs> there's a, a record um, called science of the sea that I actually put out on my old label many years ago by one of my close friends who he actually passed away last year, but it was the album that was put, we've had on a loop when my daughter was born and it's, Uh. and, and like I had lost touch with him for years and then I was able to reconnect with him and told him that. And it was like one of the most meaningful experiences around music I've ever had was being able to be like, thank you for this. That's amazing. Yeah. And, um, but Something else that you, so I, I don't know who wrote the line, the thing on the Bandcamp page, but I'm assuming you had a lot of input, input on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. One of the things that, and this is something I've been talking about and thinking about a lot in the last year, especially, but talking about how creating like, like how joy and pleasure are these sort of radical acts in the face of the world today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something I had a, I had a, did an episode like this a couple months ago with Matthew Sage, and we talked about that and how, like, being whimsical in 2023 feels very punk rock because yeah. it's like it's so it's subversive in a way, you know. And that's when I read that on when I got this promo, I was just like, oh my gosh, yes, yes. Um, so I'm just curious. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that, or just you know how. Yeah, I just. 
Yeah. Um, so my, my in, entire um, music career, for lack of a better term, um, just me throughout my life playing music, mm-hmm. um, I've infused a lot of the political into it because that's just the way that I am. Um, right. And I played in, um, in my 20s a lot of like metal bands and some punk bands. Um, and uh, my my lyric content was always very like politically charged. It was a way for me to just um, express my feelings around that. Um, and then with Greenhouse, it's really it's really not that different. It's just that I ended up naturally progressing into trying to do a solution oriented sound mm. for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still it's still coming from those same like fears and anxieties <laughs> and and things that I'm angry about. Um, but yeah, I I was I felt like I was really um, excited. I f- I felt excited to hit on this this concept of joy as protest or um, <laughs> basically the the act of um, em- embracing things that would be um, joyful or comforting to me in a in a time where. Um, it's less helpful to do the opposite right. <laughs> well, to articulate this. Um, yeah, there, I just, there, there is something sub- subversive about it. I think too, just in the art world, mm-hmm. I'm going to just bring it down to that. Cause this is a, a big concept. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wrap my head around it right now. <laughs> I, I understand. <laughs> um, in in art and music, I've I've noticed a lot that um, over the years that in in our culture, anyways, and in, in, in the U.S., that um, a lot of what's taken seriously in the experimental music world, the underground music world, especially, is um, the ex- expressions of um, sadness or pain mm-hmm. or like darker expressions. Yeah, which I love so much. Um, but there is something about when you make cute or whimsical music. Um, where it is taken less seriously and seen as less yes. valid or less experimental in the art world. Mm-hmm. I think that there's other things at play there. I think gender um, might be at play with that, um, gender stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think about musicians like Enya that um, were kind of pushed into this new age category and she's this like amazing like neoclassical composer. Like, right. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, it seems like there's there's something there's something inside of us culturally where we feel like we need to push that stuff away because we do associate it with um, childishness mm. and and maybe maybe femininity and mm-hmm. um, women and children don't really have the greatest rights in our culture. And right. so I do think it's a reflection of that. Um and in that way, I think it's very subversive because I'm present in these communities with this type of music and um, it can be uh, a little bit polarizing. I think, you know, I've been very fortunate that a lot of people like dig it and are into it. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And um, it makes them feel good. But also just the like the way that we've been indoctrinated to push away feeling good. as And there's a lot of like. Yes protestant sort of like shame and guilt in our culture and um this idea that this obsession with like self-help and self-improvement individualism that that drives us oftentimes to 
focus more on the negative because mm-hmm. we have been convinced or convince ourselves that that's more productive, like with everything, even just like blaming right. ourselves <laughs> individually for single use plastic, you know, instead of right. about it's... the broader picture, it's always like this level of shame and guilt, which um, interestingly enough is not effective um, in, in moving things politically forward or societal change or building community, but joy and connecting through joy and cuteness and whimsy, mm-hmm. um, I found as I've gotten older, um, is is a much more productive means in a lot of ways. There's a lot of nuances to this um, mm-hmm. that like we don't have time to go over, and I don't owe anybody <laughs> nuance in this conversation. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, I, I I think I think about I think about that a lot in the in this. Yeah, like experimental music space and how, and especially somebody, I mean, who writes about music and I mean, thinks about music and talks about music all the time. And I see so much stuff where, you know, it'll talk about, like, this is really emotional. It's really emotional, but it's only talking about like sadness or, you know, like these. And it's like, but joy is an emotion. It's an equally valid emotion. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, some of the best experiences I've had are the, is sharing those emotions with people. And I think, I, I do think you really hit on something about how those things are associated with like children and femininity. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's sort of looked down upon in some ways. And I don't, and I think it's not even a, it's not an intentional thing. It's how you yeah. know, we're indoctrinated <laughs> from when we're, you know, a baby basically. But exactly. Um, and I, one of the other things too, I think about, and, like earnestness is a thing that I have been, I've been trying to be more earnest in my life because I think mm. that's a thing. It's a, it's, it can be really terrifying because yeah, I think, really can, yeah. <laughs> I, and I think, and a lot of people get, and cause I, and I've thought about this myself, like it, you, you see somebody being really earnest and you can have this sort of visceral reaction. And, and I, I, I always think like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why am I feeling that way? And it's because, Oh, be, there's for me, it was like, because I'm like too scared to do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and so for good it's reason, because like ge- we police ourselves <laughs> and each other. It's for good reason right. that you should, you know, it's, it's a yeah. fear thing. Yeah. And, but I think it's like those moments, it's, it can be so powerful to see somebody just, you know, but like you can't be earnest all the time. That's just, <laughs> no. <laughs> good God, please. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I like I I though I, I feel like those themes are very present in this record is where I'm going with this and like there are moments in the record and I just yeah I I have great admiration for the sort of vulnerability of putting that in there and putting that out there. Thank and you. So I don't I don't really have a question about this at this point. I'm just talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. <clears throat> So, yeah, I guess sort of to bring this back to a question, mm-hmm. like for you, like creating music that is, you know, it's sort of got this, it's, it's got those emotions like joy and it's like kind of, um, soothing and, and, and all those aspects, but it's also like politically grounded and the, like, what are the challenges for you of like combining those things or like. Or is there a challenge for you of combining those things? Or is it just a thing that kind of happens? <laughs> um, 
That is a really good question. I don't find it inherently challenging in my personal life to combine those things. It feels Mm -hmm. natural to me. Um, But externally, I do find it to be challenging in the way that um, I'm, I have to, you know, have discussions like this and get across um, what it is that my ethos is around this project or my concepts, because um, like I mentioned before about Enya um, being, uh, you know, when you release music in, into the world, it's, it's doesn't, it's not, there's no ownership really. Like it doesn't really belong yeah. to me. Like people can interpret it and use it for what, for what they will. And that's a beautiful thing. And at the same time, um, I've been kind of aware that there's a, a tendency for people to um, categorize my music as as new age. Um, and, you know, I've done a New York Times article about like the resurgence of new age music because I was like, yeah, I'll be in the New York Times. You know, right. <laughs> like, right. <for> sure. <laughs> like, like, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but like, um, yeah, sometimes I, I have to like deal with my um the emotional fallout of those associations mm. for me is kind of wrapped around like um, me feeling like I don't relate or agree to new age ideologies. Um, I think they're rooted in a lot of problematic mm-hmm. um, stuff and philosophies. And um, I'm not necessarily writing music, you know, that I feel is, is gauged towards the wellness industry, you know, right. Because I don't really align with with that as an industry, and um, a lot of the the core values that arise within those communities, which I already kind of mentioned, you know, the like very Protestant self help individualism mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, so that I find can be challenging. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, so thrilled with my bio writer this this time because um, I was really able to to talk that out with him and, and get to a point where I feel like I'm being a little bit more clear about my intentions. And again, like you, you can't have full control over it, but you know, this as a musician, like you just, you sometimes have to allow yourself to like feel, feel your feelings about um, the way that you were interpreted or misinterpreted Mm -hmm. by others, by reviewers or fans or whatever it might be. Right. What, in, in making this record, what is the thing or the things that have surprised you the most? Well, I was surprised that people liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I was like, cool. <laughs> Word. <laughs> right. Well, hey, that's a good surprise. <laughs> like, it's still like, uh, you know, it's still like, I feel so grateful for that. And, you know, every time that somebody hits me up about that, I'm just like, surprised and amazed um that that yeah something that came from my brain or me and michael's brain um have connected with other people and then um i guess i was surprised at how much um how much more impact i feel like i have as an artist um in my life um when it comes to the things that matter to me Hmm. Um, I feel like I come to a place where I, I realize that, um, cause you know, we all have guilt sometimes about, um, our impact on the world or what it is that we can do, especially with career stuff. It's like, 
you know, I've, I've most spent most of my life as a line cook. I'm like, cool. Like I'm making it like a fucking sandwich or a salad for somebody. <laughs> like, what am I, you know, how am I contributing yeah. to the world? And, um, I started to just like chew on this idea lately that, um, the role of the artist in, in society is to be a dreamer. You know, hmm. we, we come up with these ideas or concepts that, um, are, you know, abstract to varying degrees and, we get to dream and we get to talk about dreaming things into reality, which is really cool because I identify as an anarchist. And um, I think when you get into a lot of like political conversations with people, you might get hit with like, you're dreaming, buddy. Like, what are you talking about? Like, how is this actually going to work? Like, this is some like utopian bullshit. Like, (laughs) um, it's kind of fun to like sit back and be like, actually, like, as an artist, um, I have this like sort of this, this freedom, this ability mm-hmm. to like move around those concepts and share ideas that are, might, might be, you know, utopian or dreamlike. And like, that's really fucking yeah. awesome. That is a great position to be in. And I think that's actually an important, um, role to be in. So, yeah, you know, I good on that. us. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> we're that doing is... stuff. Yeah, we're doing stuff. We're, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think that's like this perfect kind of place to end. Uh-huh. Um, but I guess before we go, is there anything? So you've always got the albums coming out on October 13th. Don't you have an album release show coming up? Is it this month or next month? I do. I it's next month, October 28th, the weekend before okay. Halloween. Oh, yes. My favorite. <laughs> My yes. favorite. Um, yeah, at Braindead Studios. Um Fairfax area. It's gonna be really fun. Awesome. Well, anybody listening, if you're out there, you're in LA. <laughs> yeah. And please wear a costume if you're around. Yeah. Are you gonna be in a costume? I think so. Yeah. I mean, how can I know? Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this. This was this Thank was fantastic. Thank you so much. So nice meeting you. Once again, thank you so much to all of Arzoni for taking the time to talk to me about uh, not just a host for all kinds of life, but the importance of, you know, of joy and pleasure and whimsy and all those things that in the time of 2023, when the world is figuratively and literally on fire um, and, and why it feels so powerful to explore and embrace those things. Um, and I'm also, I didn't mention, I should have mentioned this in the intro, but I really appreciate that they taught me the word solastalgia, which I think is a really cool word and concept. Um, and I kind of want to read more and learn more about it. But anyway, check out the new record, a host for all kinds of life. It is out on Friday and, um, greenhouse is playing. They've got a, it's kind of their album release show at brain dead studios in LA on October 28th. So, If you are in the area, go to that. Until next time, you know where to find me. All various forms of social media. Send me an email. Send me a voicemail. 
uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Foxy Digitalis. Lots of cool, fun, extra stuff over there. You get these episodes early. You get a bunch of bunch of good stuff. It supports the cause. Keeps the site going. Until whenever, until the next one. Take it easy. <laughs>